no matter what your background is, that if you have a dream, you can go get it. And uh, these sorts of activities work those muscles of going and getting it. And you don't, you know, there's hard days, there's good days. And sometimes it doesn't look like it's going to be okay. And then it's okay. And you did it. Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best and most inspiring minds in the sport. So together, we can train a smarter, healthier, and faster running community. Now, here's your host, Tina Muir. Hello, this is Tina Muir. Thank you so much for joining me for the latest episode of the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast. So, last week we heard from Ivo and Sean, aka The Gate Guys, and it was an absolutely fascinating episode about running form and how fixing our running form is actually a lot more complicated than we realized. And if you live in Colorado or in the Chicago, I am very jealous of you as those guys are now within your reach. And I really hope you will go check them out and go see them and and let me know what you think. I'd love to hear. So today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into runner recovery. Um, You're going to hear from Dr. David Minkoff, who shared his story about how he transitioned from being a regular doctor, in quotes there, uh, to more of a holistic health kind of doctor after his wife had some health issues. He has great advice on how to fit training in with a busy schedule and how to overcome setbacks. And I think you're going to be able to pick a lot from this. So the run to the top survey might be closed, but I'm actually going to ask for your help in a different way based on your feedback. Um, Your feedback showed me that the intro music is not very popular and needs to change. And I really want to update the picture or the image for this podcast. So if you're either a sound engineer or graphic designer, or if you just have some ideas on what you think would work, I really would appreciate your help with coming up with something that matches the show and the personality of the show. So you can email me, Tina at Runners Connect, if you do have some ideas there. Thank you so much for that. So I want to thank Sockany and Body Health for sponsoring this podcast. It means so much, and hopefully you are enjoying their products too. So we'll just hear a word from them, and then we'll be right to David Minkoff. This podcast is brought to you by Sockany. For those of you who have not heard of this brand, they're the best, really. I don't just wear Saucony for every run, but they also have a great collection of casual clothes for everyday use, which I live in. Use coupon code TINA for 10% off your next order. Running is tiring, we know that, but the accumulation of miles is what really gets us, leaving us sore and exhausted. I take Body Health Perfect Amino Tablets to improve recovery, and you should too. You will notice the difference, and you can learn more at bodyhealth.com. Welcome to the Runs of the Top podcast, David. Thank you. Thank you so much. I should say to everyone listening at home that um, David has been so patient. My computer is just having a complete meltdown today and he's been great with um, (laughs) waiting for me while I dealt with these technical issues. So thank you for that. But um, all right. So firstly, I just want to, you know, get everyone to know you a little bit more. I obviously um, know of you a little bit more than uh, probably most of our listeners who may or may not have heard of you through your, um, you know, your career and your businesses, which we're going to talk about. But maybe if you could just give me like a minute summary of um, who you are in your own Okay. <laughs> I was... Uh... 
I was born in Madison, Wisconsin, and I went to college and medical school there. And in 1974, I moved to San Diego to do further training. Uh, I did training in pediatrics and infectious disease. And that was about the time that Frank Shorter won the uh, Olympic marathon. And there was a running craze going on. And in San Diego, I got caught up in it. So started running 10Ks and then started running marathons. Ran about five or six marathons. And in 1982, I saw the uh, Ironman uh, triathlon on Wide World of Sports and saw Julie Moss crawl across the finish line. And I was sitting with a very good friend of mine watching it. And we looked at each other after we saw that and we said, we have to go there and do that. <laughs> and uh, he said, he was a financial planner and he was just getting started and I was still in a training program. And he said, well, give me all your money. And in five years, I'll make so much money. We can both retire and we'll train and do the Ironman. And I said, that sounds good. Uh, but that night I couldn't sleep. And I said, I can't wait five years. What if he loses all my money? Uh, the next morning I woke up and I went down to the YMCA, uh, joined a membership, looked in the newspaper, found a used bicycle uh looked on the i don't think there was internet maybe there was but i don't remember <laughs> i got an application this was in february of 82 got an application for iron man hawaii in october i signed up and i went and that was really my first triathlon mm -hmm. it was uh it was a really tough day yeah uh, and I decided that I probably wouldn't do that again, but on the plane, on the way home, all my swim buddies and guys that had gone to race it were there. And we were talking about commiserating mm -hmm. and I got excited again and thought, um, I got to do this again. It beat me. Uh, I did a little over 12 and a half hours. And so I've done 41 Ironman since then eight times in Hawaii. Yeah. On the medical side, I, um, uh, I trained in pediatrics and infectious disease, and I did that for a while, and then I switched into emergency medicine, and I did that for a while. And then in 1996, my wife got sick. She had mercury fillings in her teeth, and she decided to take them out because she didn't like the way they looked. And a few weeks after that, she got a, an inflammation of her thyroid. And then a few weeks after that, she and she's a nurse, and she's a triathlete, and she was always very fit. Mm-hmm. But she woke up one day and she said, I can't lift my arm to brush my teeth. And she lost her glute on the same side. And I took her to the best neurologist that I knew of. I was working in a hospital emergency room, big community hospital emergency room. I knew a lot of competent doctors. I had them check her out. And they said that she probably, they thought that she had MS, which didn't make any sense to me. And I uh, met a guy who was a natural dentist, and I asked him about it. And he said it probably was the mercury from her teeth that got into her brain when the guy drilled out the fillings. Oh. Using a high-speed drill, the mercury will aerosolize and got all, all over her body and into her brain, and that's what the problem was. So he said, you better go to Seattle. There's a doctor there that can teach you all about this because there's nobody here that knows anything about it and um and i did that and he trained me on it and i came back and did the testing that i learned from him and indeed she did have very high mercury levels and he also taught me how to do sort of a detoxification and we started doing that 
And I got very interested in it because it was a whole area of medicine and health that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for if, if someone came in the emergency room with a stab wound or a gunshot or a car accident or they broke their leg, uh, you know, I knew what to do. But on this whole thing, I had no idea what to do. Yeah. So she uh, she started to get better. And I met up with a biochemist who. Uh, I was looking for products like what could we use to do this? Because in 1996, there was no awareness about mercury or mm-hmm. what it was or that it could make you sick. Mm-hmm. And um, I, so I met this biochemist and we worked together to try to formulate a product that you could take orally where you could get the mercury out safely. And that product. Uh, we licensed in 1998 or 1999 called Metal Free, which is, and with that product, we started a product company called Body Health. Mm -hmm. And uh, tens of thousands of people have used that product to get rid of their mercury, lead, arsenic, cadmium, you know, heavy metals, aluminum, uranium. There are environments full of these things and they they get into our bodies Mm -hmm. and they're major neurotoxins. Uh, there are also toxins to hearts and and kidneys and livers, and they can really make people sick. Yeah. Well, what's so, interesting to me is that you, you know, you said that for you, it was like a defining moment that like changed, you know, your world and your perspective and something so important as your, your wife's health. Um, it's interesting that most people kind of go, you know, gradually they like, they learn about it and they get a bit more interested and then they kind of just keep graduating with it. Whereas yours was like a, you know, something that made you change your mind. And that's, you know, with something as important as that, that's, that's pretty important. And, and just curious with mercury or other metals, if you don't take something like this, or if you do have high mercury levels, does your body like gradually get rid of it or could it stay for a long time without you even knowing? Well, it does gradually come out, but, for example, if there's mercury in your brain, mm-hmm. the half-life is about 15 years, so wow. it really takes a long time. So unless you do something to sort of bind it and pull it out, it's very slow. Yeah. Uh, and and more and more, there's people, you know, more and more people are sick with this, so that it's a real problem now. And even the sort of regular medicine and public health is identified you know like if you're pregnant you're not supposed to eat too much tuna fish yeah because there's lots of mercury in tuna fish and um most of the mercury in many vaccines mercury was removed because not all but some and you know you're injecting small children with relatively high dose mercury is used as a preservative in vaccines uh that it's not good wow. so um it's a real problem that uh, Harvard did a study a few years ago on using looking at lead. And what they found is that if you compared people now of how much lead is in their bones, because lead is kind of like calcium, it will get bound into bones and stay there. How much lead is there in our bodies now compared to people 500 years ago? So they have a whole collection of cadaver bones from 500 years ago. And using x-ray diffraction, you can measure the amount of lead in bones without actually digging pieces of bone out to find what it is. And the, the level is about a thousand times more now than it was then. And it's because of automobiles and leaded gas. It basically saturated the whole Western world 
with lead residues, which are in the soil, they get in the food, uh, they're in the air, and we've all got it. And lead's not good. It's 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 um, it's neurotoxic. It's toxic to the bone marrow. It causes mental retardation, causes delayed learning, causes high blood pressure, causes kidney disease. And virtually every patient we test has extreme high levels of lead. Wow. So it's um, it's around. And so we started body health because we needed a we needed something that would sort of help get it out. Mm -hmm. And my wife took the products and she got better and she's completely fine. It's 20 years later now. She's completely fine. Um, And she's a very good athlete and she's. And she doesn't have any of the trouble. So it, I switched careers at that point. It's like, wow, this is really an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And we had friends who had seen her and they're like, well, I've got chronic headaches or I've got rheumatoid arthritis or I've got cancer or I've got MS. Can you help me? And I emergency room is shift work. So I was working 12 hours, three or four days a week in the emergency room. I had some time. And I set up a little clinic in, in she's a, she, she owns a home health care nursing agency. So she had an extra room in the back and I set up a little clinic there to play. You know, I'll try. I was experimenting <laughs> and uh, I just have friends come in and let's try this. Let's try that. Uh, I wasn't charging anybody for anything. I was just trying to learn and people started to get better. And it just got to be where it got very busy. We had to set up a separate office. And so we have LifeWorks Wellness Center now, which is a, a very busy place. It's one of the biggest clinics in the U.S. doing natural medicine. And, um, of course, in the last 20 years, I've learned a lot. and We've refined a lot of things. And Body Health, our other company, has sort of grown with it because we needed more and more good, high-quality products that weren't full of preservatives and crap, and they just weren't cheap stuff. Where This stuff is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, one of the ones that makes a huge difference for many people is this product called Perfect Amino because it's a it's an amino acid mixture and people can recover faster. If you're an athlete and you want to recover, you want to build muscle, uh, you should be on that product because it really uh, it really makes a difference. Absolutely, and I can attest to that myself. I do take Perfect Amino. I'm a huge a huge advocate of it, and uh, you know most people listening now know that. Um, but um, the, the Run to the Top podcast is sponsored by Hot Body Health, and there is a reason for that. Um, I really um, but make sure to do a lot of uh, fine-tuning and picking companies that I really believe um, do support, you know, you as athletes, you as runners, and uh, are going to help you. And I will say uh, Perfect Amino is one of those products, and it does help with recovery. So we will talk about that just a little bit more in the in a minute. Um and uh, I will put links to the show notes to Body Health. And I actually have a um, a coupon code for everyone um, if you do want to, you know, give it a try. But before we move on to, you know, kind of about wellness and um, healing and just, you know, uh, those kind of things, I want to just go- ask you a little bit more about your own uh, training. I mean, you mentioned <laughs> casually um, about 41 Ironman, which is no easy feat whatsoever, um, eight world championships, um, which is that close to a record that there must be close to a record, right? Or not? Is there someone that's done like 300? <laughs> yeah, there's a few people. There, there are some people who've done a lot more. Okay. Uh, we, we, we sponsor another a- athlete named Luis Alvarez, who's, uh, he lives in Mexico city and he's done, oh, probably 150 
And he's now sort of up the gradient on what he does. He does, every time he does an Ironman, he climbs the highest mountain peak on that continent in the same week. So he just... After the race, right? <laughs> uh, sometimes before. <laughs> really? And uh, he's, he just climbed Everest, which was his last. He's climbed every major uh, mountain peak uh, on the planet at this point. And he takes perfect amino too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It obviously works. And so, out yeah. of yours, um, which which was your toughest? Do you want to maybe share with us, like the most difficult one? Was it that first one? Probably because I didn't know what I was in for. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I had a friend that went with me. He trained with me, and he went with me. And he was a really good athlete. He had a college scholarship to Fordham, and he was on the four by one mile relay team. And actually got in the Marine Corps on a scholar, you know, went to the Marine Corps as a runner. Uh, and we both finished about the same time. I think it was 12 hours and 50 minutes or something like that. And at the end of the race, he was just like beaten, like totally beaten. And I was beaten, but I, I sort of rehabilitated pretty fast because by the time I got home, I, I said, she, my wife said to me, uh, how was that? And I said, well, I'm going to go back next year. And he said... I'm never talking to you again because I know if I talk to you, you're going to talk me into it. And I'm not, I'm never going back there. And, uh, that was in October and we had a Christmas party in December and I invited him to the house and he stayed away from me during the whole time. Now we had spent 20 hours a week together training for, from February until, uh, until, until October. And, uh, (laughs) when he, when he's ready to go home, I said, Jim, are you going to, are you going to, are you going to not talk to me? He said, okay, okay, okay. What are you doing? So I told him and I said, really, we should do this again. And I talked him into going again. <laughs> and that was in 83. And I haven't talked to him since 1983 because he had the same experience. Oh, no. <laughs> he had to walk the whole marathon. And, um, uh, it's not that I haven't talked to him, but he he, he never did a uh, triathlon after that, and it was it was like hor- it was like horrible for him. Oh, no. And he was a tough guy; he was a marine. So, anyway, I got hooked on it, and I liked it. I loved Hawaii. I liked going over there, and um, uh, I had a tougher times in New Zealand. I did New Zealand a couple times, and it was both times it was middle fifties, raining, just freezing, and I don't do well when it's cold so mm-hmm. those were tough those were worse than than the heat in hawaii mm-hmm. and uh so i mean most people here uh, not most people i should say many people who listen have run marathons and those are kind of punishment in themselves so what is it about iron man that makes you want to do you know that is you glutton for punishment right there choosing to do iron man so what is it about an iron man that you love so much if it's that, if it's that it's, miserable, <laughs> I just think it's the it's the challenge, you know. It's the training, it's the lifestyle, it's being decent in three different disciplines. Um, I think I think it's the whole thing. It's just a, it's it it's a very positive experience. It's I'm in you know I was in healthcare, and you know I thought on a personal level if I can be a good example, you know a, a lot of doctors I know don't know you know they're not fit. Mm-hmm. They're fat. They don't have good lifestyle habits. And if you're going to do this stuff, and I've been doing them since 82, so it's a long time. Mm-hmm. And I've 
done two half Ironmans this year and I'm scheduled in a month to do another Ironman mm-hmm. that you have to stay with it. You have to keep your fitness. You have to, you know, take care of yourself. And, um, I just enjoy it. It's really, I enjoy it. It's, it's, uh, uh, you know, my, 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 uh, my wife got into it and she's, she doesn't do long races, but she's a very good triathlete for sprint distances. Mm-hmm. And uh, my kids got interested. So it was a family thing. And we would go to a race together and everybody would do something. And uh, it was really nice. Yeah, that's cool. And so you said you've got one this year. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you uh, right now? I'm 68. 68. So there you go. Anyone listening who's saying, oh, it's too late for me. That's this definitely isn't the case. Would you encourage anyone uh, listening right now if they've done marathons to at least complete one? Yeah, I mean, marathon's the hardest part. Okay. So if you can run, in a few months, you can learn how to swim. And riding a bike is, everybody knows how to ride a bike. And it's just getting, you know, it's just figuring out your time. You know, when I, for some reason now, I'm busier professionally than I've ever been. So, you know, I have a 60-hour work week. And I'm I'm actually due school in the evening. So my time is really tight right now. And my challenge on these races is that, you know, when am I going to get time to train enough to do it? I can fake a half Ironman. I did a half Ironman two weeks ago. I wasn't really trained, but I can fake it. I end up seventh place out of a, around 20 guys. And I didn't have a good day, but a lot of guys had a worse day than me. And it was it ended up okay. The Ironman, you can't really fake it. So yesterday, I was sort of nervous, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to drop out of this race? I'm going to try it. So one of my patients is a as a coach. And he said, well, why don't you do a long run and see how it goes? So I ran 16 yesterday. And then today I I rode 80 and I can still walk. (laughs) So I think, I I think it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then as you can say that as someone, you know, with that big of a a workload, um, I think the, one of the hurdles for a lot of people to, that prevents them from signing up for an Ironman is the time. Cause you hear about, you know, uh, Iron Man takes over your life and you need to train for, you know, five hours a day. So what would you say to people who do say, well, I just don't have the time? I think if you have eight to 10 hours a week, you can do it. Okay. I mean, you, you're you not going to, you know, you may not do the best you could do, but you could finish it mm-hmm. and you could have a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, anyone who does something like this, and I, it's true of marathons too, you finish your first marathon you overcame some barriers. You know, you really challenged yourself and you made it through because it's never easy. And I think it just makes people stronger. It gives them more discipline and it gives them an appreciation for life and other people that is, you know, that makes you better. Thank uh, you. I love that. You know, it's funny because I'm reading the autobiography of uh, Muhammad Ali. And, you know, you what you get in the tabloids about someone versus like their autobiography, like what really happened and the struggles that they had and the suppression and the drive to be the best that they could be and be the best in the world. It's just inspiring, Mm -hmm. you know, that at, you know, any age, no matter what your background is, that if you have a dream, you can go get it. And uh, these sorts of activities work those muscles of going and getting it. And you don't 
you know, there's hard days, there's good days, and sometimes it doesn't look like it's going to be okay, and then it's okay, and you did it. I love that. And, so uh, true. That makes for good people. Yeah. And what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned in, in all of those races? Would you say that was it? Kind of working towards a goal? Yeah, that you can, that you can, uh, you can overcome, okay. you know, you can outlast it. Today for a while, I rode about five hours and um, in the middle, my feet were just killing me. They're in my sh bike shoes. They must have swollen up. I mean, they really were in pain. And I just like, okay, fine. And then a half an hour later, it wasn't there anymore. Mm. You know, like stuff comes and goes. And I think it just gives you a patience for life that that uh, you might not get otherwise. Because yep. I could have freaked out there, taken off my shoes, stopped, called my wife, picked me up. No, this is going to, I've been through this before. This is going to be okay. Just keep pedaling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you did and you completed it and just like running you know there's there's rough patches there's good patches but the more you persevere the more it, it feels good when you complete it and and just right. uh what was your best uh result by the way just uh before you move on uh did 11 19 in in um iron canada that was the best i'd done okay cool all right great all right. So, um, yeah, we kind of talked about it a little bit um, earlier. So let's I firstly wanted to kind of ask about um, life works wellness, which you mentioned earlier. Um, so you said that you you and your wife kind of put a focus on um, healing. And firstly, I wanted to ask you if you had any kind of theories on why this is so often like neglected you know we're in this culture of like a quick fix and uh what anyone listening today can do to kind of focus on you know the core issues rather than just you know putting a band-aid over things well the way medicines evolved today is it is a quick fix it's it's you know you come in with a symptom the doctor looks at you and makes a diagnosis and then he gets out his prescription pad and he wants to give you something to make that lab look better or make that um, symptom go away and it it usually has nothing to do with what's going on I mean if someone has pneumonia and they give you give an antibiotic that's actually a reasonable therapy because it's it's going to at least take care of the acute problem but medicines for cholesterol and blood pressure and arthritis and diabetes you know these things which are just like in the, the it's we have the biggest healthcare economy in the world and we have among the the worst healthcare in the world because it doesn't really work. Um, you know, somebody once told me it's kind of akin to you're driving down the highway and the brake fluid light goes on in your car. And rather than stopping and filling up with brake fluid, you put a Band-Aid over the light that shows you that the brake fluid, you know, the red light, and you keep driving, you know. People who are taking pharmaceutical medicines for ulcers and IBS and all this stuff, uh, in the long run, you're going to be worse because the medicines have toxic side effects and the disease itself will progress. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, the problem with people is that a symptom is your body's indicator to you that something is wrong. And when I look at it, sort of reducing things to the most simplest idea is there's sort of two piles. One pile is 
you have things in your body which shouldn't be there. Uh, those can be viruses or parasites or funguses or chemicals or toxins or bad food, but you have toxic influences in your system. And the other thing is, is that your body is deficient in things that it needs. You might be low in magnesium or vitamin A or selenium or essential fats. And those two things cause, those are the causes of disease. And for most doctors, when a diagnosis is made, like lupus or MS, it's really just a name for a set of symptoms that has absolutely nothing to do with what's really wrong with that person. And our approach to medicine is, look, you've been given this diagnosis, but the diagnosis doesn't lead to an understanding of what's really wrong with your body. And it gives you a false sort of security of, okay, I've got rheumatoid arthritis. And then I'm doctor's going to give me an NSAID or a, a cytokine blocker or a steroid, and he's going to make my symptoms go away. But that has nothing to do with why you have rheumatoid arthritis. It's not an inherited disease because you didn't have it for the first 40 years of your life, and you've got it now. So what's wrong with you is that you have things going on, and your body's response is to attack itself in joints, in tissues, and we call that rheumatoid arthritis. So in all these people, we find we're, we're trying to get to the bottom of what is really wrong. Do they have Lyme disease? What deficiencies do they have? Do they have uh, parasites? You know, and that's what we find is we'll find five, 10, sometimes 15 things that are going on at the same time. And that when we clean those up, the rheumatoid arthritis goes away. The symptoms go away. They don't need their medications. I'm not telling people to cold turkey on their medications because I don't want to destabilize people. But as people actually start to get better and their body heals, then they don't need the medicines. And they can come off of them. And it requires a bit of patience from people because it doesn't happen overnight. But in a disease like that, within three to six months, we usually see a real change. And about 85% of the time, what we do works. But we have to get people to eat differently. You know, they have to change their habits. They can't have a bottle of wine every night. Okay. They've got to eat clean, organic food. Um, because, you know, you can't go to Burger King. It just, you can't do it. You, you're killing yourself. Yeah. So if you're willing to, one of the interview questions we ask pre presumptive patients is, are you willing to change your lifestyle in order to get better? And if they won't, they shouldn't come see us because that it won't work. And so then what would you like to say to someone listening right now who is kind of thinking, yeah, you know, that all sounds well and good, but uh, I'm just going to keep going as I am. You know, I'll fix things when, I come, when they come up and, you know, I'll just get, get over this, this problem or that problem. Kind of like how we do with injuries almost, you know, you get like a little, a little niggle somewhere and you think, oh, maybe it'll go away and you know, often it doesn't, or you end up compensating and something else comes up. But what would you like to say to someone who thinks, you know, I'm just going to, is there anything else you'd like to say to kind of show them like, you know, this, this isn't something you can just keep ignoring and keep putting those band-aids over the break, uh, break light, as you mentioned? Well, I think that it just depends on what you want. If you want a temporary solution, you know, taking Advil for a few days, might help you, but there's a cost, you know, you, most people with that, I think something like 11,000 people a year die of ANSETs 
because they get GI bleeds and they get kidney disease and they get high blood pressure. And there's a cost for these things. So, you know, what I'm looking for for people is to give them the the best performance they can get, not just as an athlete, but in life. You know, can you get, you know, can you can you get 16 hours a day, some of us 18 hours a day of productive work satisfaction, enjoyment, where your body is fine with it and you can do it for 100 years. Mm-hmm. And all these other things are going to chop, chop, chop that shorter, shorter, shorter because they're poisons. All pharmaceuticals are poisons in one form or another, and they poison you. Mm -hmm. And bad food is a poison. You know, the real definition of food is something that that nourishes you in a way that it either gives you fuel and it gives you the things that you need so that your body can operate properly. And. Um, a McDonald's hamburger isn't food. It's 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 a it's a poison. It's toxic. Now, do you have to be perfect? No. But I think 80 to 90 percent of the time, if you can do it this way, you will feel the difference. I usually put people when they come in to see me for the first time is OK for the next six weeks. I want you on a strict paleo diet. Just for example, one of the diets, strict paleo diet. OK, so you eat meat, fish, eggs. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Mm-hmm. No grains, no dairy, no beans, uh, no processed foods. Everything as organic as you can afford. Almost everybody in six weeks, gee, my heart burns better, or it's gone. And now I'm having a bowel movement every day. And usually before that, it was like every three or four days and was a struggle. You know, my energy's better. I feel better. My sleep is better. And that's just making a very small change of eat good fuel. You're, you're a Ferrari, you're not a Volkswagen bug, and you need high-quality octane to put in there. Yeah. And if you do, you will notice it. Mm-hmm. And is it is it you just say paleo because then that tends to get people like eating close to the ground, makes it easier for people almost, because then it's not like, well, do I have this, do I have that? It just makes it very simple. Or are you a paleo fan in general? Well, I'm a fan in general because... Most people do really well on it. Okay. It isn't, nothing's 100%, but most people, when you get them off grains and you get them off dairy and you get them off processed foods, they do better. Now, it wasn't always this way. When I was in college, my wife and I made bread every week. We would grind up, we would go to the, the Whole food, not Whole Foods, but it was whatever it was back then, and we would buy organic wheat and we would grind our wheat and we would make bread and we would eat a loaf of bread. We make two loaves. We'd each eat a loaf of bread all week. Mm-hmm. And it was no problem. I can't do it now. The, the, the grains and the dairy have been so polluted with pesticides and chemicals and genetic modification that most of us can't handle it. It causes leaky gut. It causes GI distress. And so for most people, if we just get them off, they notice the difference. Their gut works better. And there's no healthy people without a healthy gut. It's the key to being healthy. Okay. And then I say, okay, so after six, and then they say, well, is this forever? And I I don't know. But my goal is to get you as good as you can possibly get. And then I'd like you to just keep doing that for another three to six months so that you have a stable baseline. Then go out and have a pizza and see how you feel. (laughs) Yeah. And if you get sick, 
Your what body's you probably up? telling you something. <laughs> you know, I was just, I, I'm pretty good on this. And I was at a, uh, a meeting uh, last spring uh, in Italy. And um, I try, I thought well, we were in a restaurant and for some reason I just had a craving for pizza and I haven't really, I don't eat it. Because uh, I'm pretty good on a paleo diet myself. And I thought, I'm going to try it. And I was for three days, I was bloated. And my stomach wasn't good. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. So I'm not doing that. So I think each person, there is, a, there is a, an ideal for them. And what I'm trying to help them do is figure it out. But an easy place to start for most people is try paleo and, and go organic. And then see how you see how you go. Okay, okay. And do you find that most people kind of struggle initially, like because you kind of almost not even so much just for the diet, but just in general when they when they come into uh, life works um, that they struggle with just kind of like confronting things that they may have been ignoring for a while. Like you get used to, you know, an upset stomach, or you get used to kind of oh, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I just tend to have a headache and you know, for the first hour and then I'm okay. Like, do you find, do people find it tough in that initial stage when they are making a lifestyle change? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because a lot of these, especially the food things, you know, they're, they're addictive in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you withdraw from sugar, you're going to know it. <laughs> it may take a couple of weeks. I tell people usually somewhere between 10 and 14 days, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and you're going to have this feeling like if you don't have, if you're an Oreo addict or you're, uh, you know, pick your poison, okay, that you are probably going to feel like if I don't eat some right now, I'm going to die. It's almost like a drug addiction. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, go have something else sweet. Have, eat 25 dates, you know, and they won't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Or figs and with a big glass of water. And by the time you've eaten three or four of those, you'll be okay. You just have to get through the withdrawal. And if yep. you get through it, you'll be okay. Because once you're on the other side, then it's easy. Mm -hmm. Then the choices are easier. And you know what happens if you don't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's something like 20 in the United States, 25 million people take daily doses of medicines that prevent the body from making stomach acid. You know, Nexium or Tagamet or, or Pepsid. Because they're eating foods that their body simply can't eat. And even in the advertisements, they say, well, take your Pepsid and now go eat Italian food so that you don't experience the mm. upset stomach. It's like nuts. So um, these people are they're going to they're going to get sick. Mm -hmm. You know, in the now, if I had someone with a bleeding ulcer, I would give them that medicine for a couple of weeks. And actually, in the in the physician's desk reference, it says in there. This should be used for short-term use only. Most people get on these, and they're on them for 5, 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people on those medicines, they don't digest their proteins. They don't absorb their minerals. They have a higher incidence of stomach cancer. They're dangerous. These medicines are dangerous long-term. And most doctors just pass them out like candy. Now they're over the counter. They used mm -hmm. to be prescription. Now yeah. they're over the counter. Anybody can get them. So it's it just your body's telling you something. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with a lot of high end athletes. And, you know, most athletes are way, way more in tune with their body. But even then, if you're going to get another one percent, two percent, you know, which might be the difference between a, 
you know, or in a, in a, in a swimmer or a, I've got a guy who's one of the, the he's, he's one of the best motocross uh, competitors in the world. You know, in motocross, everything is in, is in milliseconds. You know, who's going to get to that corner first? Who's going to, you know, like, and they have to have 360 degree vision because they're going fast in, in, in just, it's, if you've ever seen it, it's crazy. It's a crazy sport. And, uh, he's been at the top of his game. Uh, he's, he's in his mid thirties. He's at the top of his game. He's still competing and he's very conscious of this stuff. Like, where can it be tweaked? Where can it be tweaked? Hormones and minerals and vitamins and, and, and cause somebody else is doing his fitness stuff, but it, it makes a difference. He can, he's still competitive with, with, you know, with guys in their young twenties, which is, uh, which is remarkable. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, um, I, you know, this is, this is really interesting and especially what you just said, right there about, um, you know, one to 2%. Well, those of you listening, you know, if you just missed out on a, a Boston qualifier by, you know, 20 seconds, a few minutes, I mean, that could be the difference between, uh, you know, that Boston qualifier and not running in Boston. So really something to consider. And so would you say for people listening, um, if they were going to pick one thing to improve their wellness, would could they just say, all right, well, I'm not going to take any um, medications unless, you know, like you said, it's a short term few day thing, or would you say it's better to kind of attack the diet? I think they need to, I think the lifestyle things are the thing that if they're, if you're on prescription medicines, you can't stop without, you know, without dealing with a healthcare practitioner. Now, if your doctor's viewpoint is he gives medicine for every symptom, then I would suggest that you find somebody who's got a more natural approach, a naturopath, a chiropractor, a medical doctor, who understands this stuff so that they can guide you and coach you and help you safely get off your medicines if that's something that's that's possible. But okay. I think before doing that, what you have to start with is get your diet together. Get some sort of of exercise or something like you know whatever you, whatever you like to do get, so that your body's moving and you're using it. And make sure you're getting enough sleep. You know, like you're getting enough sleep and that and then I think the, the fourth thing, which is huge, is figure out what your stressors are. You know, is it your boss? Is it your wife? Is it you're exercising too much? You know, what are your stressors so that you can modify your lifestyle so that you're not constantly in fight or flight on on, on your whole system? Because Absolutely. usually these are lifestyle things. It's things that you can actually modify mm -hmm. and that you get a handle on that. And then you'll get better. Yeah. You know, your body will, will be better That's good. and you'll be happier. Yes, definitely. Actually, I have to uh, agree with that, especially that last point. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, since uh, the beginning of the year, I've been trying to take steps to relax a bit more as I didn't sleep very well. I was always so just like you said, body was in fight or flight mode with the training and in addition to all the other things. And I've been trying to focus on relaxation and getting acupuncture and, you know, just trying to relax and actually be okay with just sitting still for, you know, half an hour. So um, it's interesting that you mentioned that and I'm glad you did. Um, okay. So, um, you know, moving on, uh, body health, you know, uh, this is your second uh, business and you've kind of said what the goal was. Um, and you did mention, you know, you work with elite athletes. Um, 
So two parts to this question. Um, what does, you know, working with elite athletes, what, what does that kind of mean? Have you, you know, do you get feedback from them a lot? You know, um, I know I uh, talk a lot with um, Chris uh, Alexander, who works for you uh, about body health. Um, but is it just, um, you know, checking in with them? And then also when you say elite athletes, these products aren't just for elite athletes. They are for, you know, everyday runners um, like people listening today. So I just wanted to get that out there. So some thoughts on, you know, working with athletes. Yeah, I mean, most of the people that we see in our clinic are people who have serious chronic illness. So that's mostly what I'm seeing. And then there's a smattering of people who come in who are athletes or triathletes or runners who want to who wanna improve their fitness or they're actually at a competitive level or they're professionals and they want to improve. And a lot of these are, but a lot of the stuff is, is the same stuff we would do. I don't do anything differently with a pro athlete than I do with someone who's got uh, lupus. The, the basic look and analysis is very similar so that we find out what is happening. It's because it, it's very individual. What is happening with their body? What are the, you know, the, the, what are the outpoints? What are the things that should be there that aren't, or the things that shouldn't be there that are like, like what? So it's a very detailed analysis. We look at blood, saliva, urine, stool, we do some energetic testing and we can get an idea of what, why isn't this system able to adapt to the stresses that it's under and it's giving a headache or a high blood pressure or a pain somewhere? Why can't it, why can't it accommodate? Is it just too much or is there stuff in the system itself that's preventing it from doing it? And things like heavy metals and pesticides and chemicals, they're, they're just, they're, they're all over the place. I, I saw... I have a gal now who's a very good marathon runner, and she's she came in with really sort of chronic fatigue, like she couldn't run. She's very good. She's a very good local runner here. And I Where did this are analysis. you based quickly? Just... Uh, uh, Tampa Bay. Okay, just for anyone listening who, you know, has been, lives around there. So keep going. She came in. So she came in, and she was a bit despondent because she tried some other things, and it really wasn't working. And I did a whole bunch of different measurements on her but one of the things that came up was that she had and we we measure levels of chemicals and pesticides and plastics and these sorts of things in people's bodies and she had a level the the healthy level of this particular pesticide which is used on all almost all raw almonds non-organic raw almonds her favorite snack was raw almonds okay you so she's break eating my heart here <laughs> so <I'll> keep going <laughs> these are non-organic raw almonds and either they heat treat them or they put this chemical on them and one of the there's about 20 things in the in the test that we that we look at to see uh th- did she have this the normal level is four and hers was thirty-eight thousand. wow and, and then you look at the little blurb underneath of all the symptoms and she's got them all and she was just like, holy cow. Now, that was one of some things. She had low magnesium and she had a parasite. She had a bunch of other stuff. So over the course of a few months, we gave her the nutritional things. We handled the parasites. We do. We use ozone and ozone saunas to detoxify people and detox products like some of the stuff that we make. The, the multi that we make 
helps with detox. The body health, which multi. I do take actually as well, and I would recommend that. Uh, and the body detox. So we did some stuff to like help her move stuff out, and um, and she came in this week and she said, "I did a five k this week," and I I told her like you got don't you can't just jump right back in. She said, "No, I was careful. I ran easy, but I can run." And my body feels good. And she looked bright and she looked excited. And then she brought her husband in because he has a whole set of stuff too. So this is sort of how it goes. You, you debug these things. And as you get them out, they, they get better. Mm-hmm. They, they feel better. Mm-hmm. And uh, for someone like that, who's a, you know, they, 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 she has performance goals. It's, it's wonderful. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, you, you just make them happy. My goal is happy patient, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, actually, uh, Chris Kelly, who we had on earlier in the year from um, Nourish, Balance, Thrive. I don't know if you've heard of uh, him or them. Uh, he talked a lot about this kind of thing. And, um, you know, it's very it's very interesting just to hear about, you know, how, you know, we've just become so accustomed to um, putting all these products into our bodies that we don't even think about. You know, I've recently uh, made transitions to try and get um, you know, hair products and, um, you know, soaps and things that are, you know, not full of strange chemicals, but before I never, never even gave it a thought. So it is amazing. And that's great to hear that you really are seeing a difference. And, um, anyone listening who is gonna, you know, is listening to you right now and thinking, you know what, like, I really want to, I just get the feeling something is not quite right. I want to get this checked out. Is there, um, a website that you know of that would be best for, you know, obviously if someone's in Tampa, they can come to you, but if not, uh, where they could go. The, a website for people who do sort of integrative medicine, that's that's a good place that you could start, is acam.org. Okay, all right. And there's a list of physicians there, and these guys are all trained. It's, it's, it's in chelation, which is removing heavy metals, but most of the guys that do this look at sort of a lot of the same things that we do. Okay. And I would just encourage people, there are a lot of good naturopaths and nutritionally oriented chiropractors, way more than there are medical doctors, because there's very few medical doctors doing this kind of medicine. Okay. Where you can get good analysis, good advice, osteopaths, you know, osteopathic physicians, where you can get good analysis and good data, and they're not trying to push drugs on you all the time mm-hmm. and, and really help you. Yep. Along yep. with all the people who do the various body works from, from acupuncture to massage therapists, they're, you know, they're wonderful and they can really, you know, there, there's a structural part of the body that needs to be worked on as well as the sort of biochemical things. Yep. Okay, great. Absolutely. And I will put a link in uh, that for the ACAM in the show notes at runnersconnect.net forward slash RC135. So um, back to perfect amino. Um, uh, I was actually one of the people who uh, recommended that it got um, put forward for the to be tested for um, illegal substances with all the you know doping stuff that's going on. I know a lot of you listening are interested in that, and um, Perfect Amino was cleared, which is great great news. Um, so maybe could you explain you know the process of what you went through for that, um, and particularly maybe if you could mention about the um, teaspoon in an Olympic swimming pool to kind of show the the level of um, you know, level of products we're talking about here with um, what what makes it to be banned? Well, the 
the perfect amino is a blend of eight of the eight essential amino acids. There is a lot of misinformation on protein and amino acids and what do you need and what's correct. And um, most of it's misinformation. Most of it is companies who are making whey, soy, uh, collagen products to uh, or, or bean, rice, protein related products that are fine products except the thing that's most important about taking a protein or amino acid is how much of it can your body actually turn into its own protein. So about uh, 25 years ago, a really smart Italian scientist started to do studies where you would give someone vegetables and fruits for most of their calories, which have negligible amounts of usable protein, like virtually none. Mm -hmm. And then test different proteins to see if you ate, let's say, 25 grams of whey protein, like an average whey protein scoop of 25 grams. You just ate whey protein for a whole day or a couple of days and then measure how much of that whey protein actually got incorporated into your body as your own protein. So in our bodies are made out of protein. So our hair, our skin, our nails, our immune cells, our blood cells, our liver, our kidney, our enzymes, they're all proteins. And a protein is, if, if you, if for, some people may know this and some not. So just to review it for a second, in the body, there is an alphabet of amino acids that if you put them together, you make proteins. So in English language, there's 26 letters. And when you combine the letters in different ways, you get different words. In amino acid chemistry or in protein chemistry, there's 22 amino acids. And when you put those together in different ways, you get different proteins. Hmm. So glutathione, for example, is the main, it's a protein, a, a short protein is called a peptide. So it's a short protein that is used for detoxification and it's an antioxidant. It has three amino acids. Skeletal muscle has, I think, 455 amino acids. So it's a really long word. Hmm. And glutathione is a really short word. Like growth hormone, I think, is 89 amino acids. Insulin has 60-some amino acids. These are all proteins. But depending on the arrangement of these 22, you get a specific protein. So what we care about is that the proteins that you take in, the body then, the process of digestion is to take that. So you have a steak. And, and, the, and the muscle protein in that steak has 455 amino acids per fiber. And in the stomach, that process of digestion starts to break that down into individual amino acids. So instead of being a long chain, because the body can't absorb the chain, it can only absorb the individual amino acids, it starts chopping it up into individual amino acids. And so on a one stri strip, where there's 455, now there's 455 free ones floating around. And those can be absorbed through the intestine. They go into the bloodstream. 
and then they go into the into the tissue and then each cell if it's a hair cell it's going to make hair keratin out of those things and it arranges them and then hair starts to grow now what makes a difference and then i'm just, i'm going to give you just an analogy here okay if the stuff that's coming in isn't what the body needs it will get left over it's non-usable so if you imagine we're making a car like the simplest car possible. So we need a chassis. We need four wheels. We need a steering wheel and we need a motor. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to send you a hundred chassis, 400 wheels, a hundred steering wheels and one motor. How many cars can you make? One. One. And what are you going to do with all the other stuff? going to sit on your lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the body, that's what happens. If the amino acids that are coming in are the wrong ones or not enough of the right ones, they don't get used. And there's no storage pool in the body for these. They have to be gotten rid of. And that's why we urinate. Urea or urine is the nitrogen left over from the amino acids that couldn't be used. And the other part of the protein is a is a is a carbon hydrogen oxygen is a carbohydrate. So an amino uh, an amino acid is a is a carbohydrate with a with a nitrogen on it. So the body can use the carbohydrate part. It gets rid of the nitrogen. It pulls it off, and it's got that goes to the liver. It gets made into urea, and you pee it out. It's a toxic substance. It's a it's a waste. Mm -hmm. And then it can take the carbon chain and it can make it into it can use it for fuel or it can store it as fat. So if you look at whey protein and you say, is the arrangement of amino acids going to give us all the things we need to make the various proteins in the body? What we find is that only 16% of the amino acids in whey protein are utilizable. The rest of them are excess stuff that can't wow. be used. It has to be gotten rid of. Mm. So it's got a relatively low in quality as a protein because most of it isn't used as protein at all it's turned into fat or it's used as sugar and there's a lot of nitrogen to pee out so soy is about the same the rice proteins are worse mm. spirulina which has been touted as like look at eat the spirulina it look at whales eat spirulina and look at how big they get mm -hmm. uh, spirulina has a lot of good things in it it's got good essential oils it's got good chlorophyll it's got good minerals okay it has good vitamins but the mixture of amino acids that make up spirulina aren't very utilizable for us hmm. we tested 24 species of spirulina only six of them had any utilization and the utilization was only six percent 94 percent of it was not utilizable to make body protein so is that, you get the picture? Yeah. So eggs are the best protein. Okay. Whole eggs. Okay. And uh, uh, you need to eat the yolk. Yeah. And it's for, it's about 48%. Okay. Perfect Amino was formulated, the experiments that were done with it was formulated so that 99% of it is utilizable. That's why it works so well. Mm -hmm. So you take it in, in 23 minutes, it's in your bloodstream and every cell in your body that needs to make a protein. So you, you had a hard workout. 
your tendons need repair, your muscles need repair, your heart muscle needs repair, that if you take this stuff, you get repaired because it's available, it's utilizable, it doesn't have to be digested because it's already pre-digested, and it works, it, it really works. Mm -hmm. And just a, a short story here, the, the doctor who worked for the, the, um, the U.S. Postal when Lance Armstrong was there for the seven years that he won the tour, uh, his doctor is a is a patient of mine and um, knew about perfect amino. And uh, what they found is that during the Tour de France, no matter what they did, they could not recover these guys. That by the end, they all had tendonitis. They were all tired. Their blood levels of red blood cells had all gone down. They were not able to recover from the stress. And we gave a couple of the riders uh, for uh, two different tours. Uh, perfect amino and high doses. So they were taking 10 tablets three times a day through wow. the tour, along with everything else they were doing. And at the end of the tour, they were fitter than at the beginning, and they didn't have the chronic side effects of not good enough protein nutrition. Hmm. So it was really remarkable that you could actually keep up with the stressors if you could optimize their nutrition, especially their amino acids. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, we've had this, uh, I tell one more story to Peter Reed was a, is a three-time Ironman champion. And uh, Peter was uh, going for his third Ironman championship. And um, we were working with him and he started taking perfect amino a few months before his ramp up to Kona. And he, for every year that he'd done the race, would go a couple of weeks early and three weeks before the race, he had a 150 mile mountain bike ride that he would do, or mountainous bike ride that he would do as his final prep. Mm -hmm. And he knew if his time was good, that he was going to have a really good race. And if it wasn't, it wasn't. So he, he's taking perfect amino. He does his ramp up to Kona. He does his 150 miles. He finishes it a half an hour faster than he'd ever finished before. And he called in a panic. There must be illegal substances in this. You guys are killing me. Well, there's never been. It went through the, the qual checks of two tours. And when you wanted it done again, we did it again. But we knew there's nothing. There's no performance enhancers in here. There's no drugs. This is 100% pharmaceutical grade. Uh, amino acids and uh, he won Kona that year uh, and we reassured him mm -hmm. uh, so there is a lot of there, this is a performance enhancer it's it's it, it's legal it's nutrition it's just like really good nutrition mm -hmm. yep and uh, thank you for sharing that by the way and uh, giving us the science behind it I wish I would have had you to teach me uh, biology in school because I, 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 I was following along every word and it made perfect sense. So thank you for that. that. That actually really made a lot of sense and was interesting. And, and yeah, I guess I'll say, you know, uh, body health is one of the sponsors of this podcast. And, um, you know, now you can see the reason why I chose body health and why I personally um, am proud to be sponsored by um, body health and perfect amino in particular, because it really is such a great product. And you've heard You've heard about why now, um, and 
you know, I I take it every single day. Although maybe now I should up my dosage. If you if you were given up to thirty to, <laughs> to people, and I only take four, uh, I think I take five in uh, in the morning. And actually, just one more question before we move on to the final kick round: um, When is the best time to take it? If anyone listening uh, once they purchase it, wh- when would they be best off taking it? The, the main thing is that you take it when you aren't eating another protein or fat. Mm-hmm. You can take it with a carb. You can take it with a sports drink or juice or water. And you want it to go in on an empty stomach because it's utilized the best that way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter really at the time of day. I usually take it before I work out, um, but it doesn't matter. And just in terms of what, your use of it, I think you'd do better if you did eight. and. I think on your hard days, you know, your hard track days or your hard tempo days or your long run days that you take a second dose after okay. because you want enough coming in that it's going to actually replenish you. And this is a thing that I uh, that that's for those people who are racing or they're training hard. And, you know, a lot of times after people do a marathon or, a, or an Ironman, within a couple of days later, they get sick, they get a cold. And I have found that if I'm taking plenty of perfect amino, that like 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 race day, I'll do 30, and I'll do 30 more the next day, wow. that I don't get sick. I think what happens is is the, the stress on the body to repair everything and to then keep immune function high, the immune function gets compromised, and then you get a cold. And then if you've got enough of them in you, you can actually have both, where your immune system stays up, and you repair your body. Great advice. Thank you so much. That's really helpful. And we do get a lot of questions about that, actually. So again, I will put links in the show notes and a coupon code um, in the show notes at runnersconnect.net forward slash RC135. Um, Okay, we are just going to take a moment to thank our um, sponsors for this episode. Uh, You have heard from Body Health, but um, we are actually going to thank Saucony, who is our other sponsor. So we will be right back with the final kick round. Thank you to Saucony for sponsoring this podcast. Saucony is the favorite brand of runners everywhere. Now, I might be a little biased, but I absolutely love their running apparel, accessories, and of course, shoes. I've been running in Saucony for almost three years, and I love the brand like a friend. They don't just make fun clothes and shoes in beautiful colours, or cool colours for my male listeners, but this is a brand that actually cares about us as runners, not lumping us in with other sports. Saucony truly puts the time and effort into thinking what we actually want and need, and to me, that means a lot. My favourite shoes are the Saucony Ride for training runs and the Saucony Fast Twitch for workouts and races. And I've also been trying out the new Freedom ISO they have coming out in December. It's been getting a lot of buzz, and I can definitely see why. They're awesome. Get 10% off at Saucony.com by using coupon code TINA. Just don't get mad at me if you can't stop buying things on the website. I know I want it all, and I'm sure you will too. Okay, David, I just have five more questions for you. Just quick little quickfire ones. So uh, firstly, greatest advice you've ever received? In my first medical school lecture, the great bearded professor stood up and he was telling us about medical school and the challenges. And he said, the thing that got me through, and he was probably in his early seventies, was a Latin quote. And the Latin quote was illegitimi non corroborundum. Now that means don't let the bastards get you down. 
<laughs> and I tell you that I have used that more times. In fact, last week I actually was sitting on an airplane and the guy sitting next to me had it tattooed on his <laughs> forearm. And I looked at it and I said, how do you, where did you find that? Because I have used that for, uh, let's see, almost 45 years. You know, and if you think of that, when when life is on you, don't let the bastards get you down. So true. Great advice. Thank you. Very helpful okay. and something we can always keep in mind. All right. Um, favorite running book I or hope blog? This is a this is a G show that I didn't. Uh, oh, I did actually just write down E on my notes uh, so that I remember to make this explicit just in case. Okay. <laughs> okay. Favorite running book or blog other than your own? Other than. Uh, your websites. Um, I think the 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 film Affetone book uh, in fitness and health. Everyone's an athlete is a brilliant book, and I think the second one Ben Greenfield just wrote a book, and it, it's got more information in one book than I think anybody's ever put together mm. on diet, fitness, training, research. Uh, it's really good. Okay. And I okay. think that you can learn. I don't care what your your sport is. You can learn a ton from from looking at that book. OK, great. Okay. And actually, uh, I'll put links to those in the show notes. And actually, I'll put a link also to the episode we did have with Ben in episode number 94 for anyone who wants to listen. Uh, what would you like to tell a new runner? Uh, take it. Take it slow. Good. Yep, that works very well. All right. Um, what is your pre-race meal? Right now, it's uh, 20 ounces of decaf coffee with two tablespoons of MCT oil and two tablespoons of Kerrygold butter. Hmm, interesting that you do decaf. With, so you do decaf with so basically bulletproof that, decaf coffee? I don't use bulletproof. I use an organic decaf. Actually, crystals, Mount Hagen crystals, because mm -hmm. uh, it's easy. And I don't, it's, I can, I don't know. The whole coffee process is is. Uh, 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 I don't for another get, day. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I just I can dump it in a blender and do it and put it in a thermos and it's ready for the morning. Uh, I'm caffeine sensitive. Okay. So if I do real coffee, I get too jittery. <laughs> okay. But I like coffee. I like the taste of coffee. And decaf coffee works for me. So okay. great. I I I found that I I've been experimenting with it for about a, year, a little over a year, and I I did a half Ironman three weeks ago, and I did that for breakfast. And it got me through swim and about 50 miles on the bike, and I was completely fine. And then I could feel that I, I needed some nutrition, and I started, you know, I started, I drank some Gatorade, and I had a couple goos, and it, it, I needed more. But I like racing with an empty stomach, and this goes down really easy, and it, and it gives me sustained energy. It's, it's, it's really, I, I like it. Okay, great. All right, thank you. Um, and finally, uh, favorite running product? Uh, Hoka Shoes. Okay, great. Thank you. Do you have a specific model you use? Not really. I experiment around, but since I started running in those, my I I don't get injured, and they really they really made a difference. I tried the minimalist, and it just killed me. Okay. Right. Uh, so I I love that company, and I've been using their shoes for probably six years. When I couldn't even half the time, I couldn't even find them. <laughs> uh, now they're all over, which yeah. is. I think it's good. Yeah, that's great. Okay, and um, so I'll put um, all the social media for uh, body health in the show notes, but any other uh, websites or anything else you would like to um, mention? 
Well, I, I, this is the other thing is I think that um, my other favorite running product is my cell phone with it playing audible because uh, you can listen, you know, you can do two things at once. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I listened to 54 books last year, oh. all during non-prime times. Uh, and you can learn, you can be entertained. And that's a that's a that that source is a gold mine. You can download it on your phone. You can listen in the car. You can listen while you're running. And uh, so I was with Muhammad Ali for five days mm-hmm. or for five hours today, and it was like brilliant. I didn't even feel like I was wasting my time. Yeah, that's <coughs> great. Although yeah. I don't want people to listen to Audible if that's going to take the, steal them away from listening to this. So uh, you can listen to Audible if you want to listen to Audible, but only after you've listened to Run to the Top each week. So that's the deal, right yeah. there. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, David. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was so interesting to hear about and, um, you know, dive into things a bit more. So thank you. I appreciate it. And um, I'm sure everyone listening did too. Thank you very much. It was really fun, Tina. Oh, so much good stuff in that one. And as I mentioned, I really do believe in body health and what they've been able to do for my training. So remember, you can enter to win a six pack of Perfect Amino free by visiting runnersconnect.net forward slash body health. Or if you just want to try it yourself, you can use coupon code TINA10 for 10% off. So let me know what you think when you try it. So I mentioned before the episode that I could really use your help designing a new podcast image and new intro music. So if you could help me with that, remember my email is tina at runnersconnect.net. And if it's nothing to do with that, but you would just like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you uh, with suggestions for future episodes or just to say hi. So next week, we'll be talking to Katie Sherratt of Back On My Feet. Um, I think it's about time for another tearjerker. And um, that's exactly what you're going to get next week. Uh, It's going to be incredible for you to hear about what Back On My Feet has been able to do. Um, And it truly shows the true power of running. I think you're going to love it. So thank you so much for tuning in today and I hope you have a great week.